Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. We are... um, We are fundamentally human beings, yes. We are fundamentally a state of being. And we have been trained to be perpetually human doings, to be perpetually doing stuff. And for us, there's a lot of resistance to not doing. I say for us, for many of us, there's a lot of resistance to not doing. To actually stop our busyness, to stop our compulsive, whatever it might be, work or drinking or interneting or writing or whatever it is that we do compulsively, to give that up feels very um, tricky, sticky, icky. Uh, because it has, it has been a, uh, a safe space for us, a comfortable place for us. We feel more comfortable when we're doing something. There's something fundamentally unsettling about not doing anything because we're then just open to what's happening. And I think this is a really fantastic uh, point to raise at this point in the, in the retreat, is that you know, we come to these retreats and go, oh, I just want to relax, I just want to, don't, don't want to do anything, I just want to kind of be easy. But every, not every, but a lot of our um, mental makeup, our psychological framework, fights tooth and nail against relaxing, doing nothing, and being. It's... Um, it's an incredibly vulnerable, unsettling, uh, and sometimes uncomfortable place just to be. We all think, oh, it's going to be lovely, I'm going to be all kind of spacey, and it's going to be like bright lights, and the kind of angels are going to sing to me. But that's not true at all. Chogyun Trumpa, uh, who's uh, this, one of the key teachers in the lineage that I study in, He was over and over and over and over again pointing us to the fact that being alive is like falling out of an aeroplane without a parachute. It's just this free fall into the unknown. None of us really know what death is like. We don't know what the future is like. We're just falling through space and time in in this experience that we call a body. And so this is terrifying to our ego, to the part of us that wants to control things and have reference points and like see the horizon. But he says, you know, the, the bad news is that we're falling out of an aeroplane without a parachute. The good news is there's no floor. <laughs> there's no ground. We're not going to hit anything. So if we can really surrender into that freefall, it's the most exhilarating, exciting, alive place we can be. But it's terrifying. Most of us are terrified of being still. Still. We're absolutely addicted. No, I'm totally part of this. We're addicted to busyness. We're addicted to keeping running and moving and jumping and going through hoops. Um, 
And so this is an excellent point to acknowledge that we have an enormous amount of resistance unconsciously to this practice, even though we, on some level, have signed up for it. Being, just in this raw state of being, is completely freaky for our egos. It's exactly what we spend all these years and um, maybe lifetimes <coughs> trying to shore ourselves against, building up a bulwark against that raw experience. And so when we open the portal of the body and we go into the raw experience of the body, it can be very um, disconcerting and unsettling and disorientating because there are no reference points in the body in that raw experience of being alive. It's just this ongoing stream of, of events and experiences within a world which is also an ongoing ex uh, stream of other experiences. So it's, um, it's really worthwhile acknowledging that we have resistance, even if we don't, um, we don't like to talk about it, it's wonderful that we can in this circle. That, um, the, the ego's terror of relaxing is the reason that we stay so tense. There's a part of us that just is already free and longing to just fly in the immeasurable expanse. But that part of us is, is confined in this little box of the ego, which we'll talk a bit more about uh, in the coming days. But you know, the fear of being is, is, is wonderful to acknowledge. The existential dread of being free. So, um, so this is another, God, they're all so good. This is another excellent and key point, is that being is not not doing. In meditation, and there's a distinction between what we do in meditation and what we do in the outside world. I've said this many times, we don't meditate in order to become good meditators. We meditate in order to become good humans, to live well. So yes, meditation, we are consciously creating a space where there is no doing. We're carving out time and framing our experience so we can really open to the state of being. But life isn't just non-action. That state of being then informs everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we say. Um, and I didn't want to get into it today, but I'm just going to touch briefly on it in the sense that there are three, if you like, you can, there are three states of our um, existence that exist simultaneously. It's like I was saying to Sonia, it's, it's like light is really only white, but depending on what it hits, then it refracts into different colors. And similarly, existence being, if you like, is, is one whole thing, but it, it works, works on three different wavelengths. One of them we can call being, pure being, which is just awareness, it's just the, the space, if you like, 
that we will tune into in the, as we go through into this practice later this week. It's just the space that everything else exists in, that is unending and spacious and translucent like a diamond. And then at the other end is action or doing. So from the space, then we kind of act. We write a book. We shake a hand. We have a baby. We, you know, we, we act in the world. And so that's the being and the doing. But in between, there's this really important third state that we almost always ignore. And that is enjoying. There's the space, and then out of the space arises an energy that we can enjoy and feel. And then from that energy, then doing arises. And when we start to tune in to these three levels, then there's never any doubt whether our doing is grounded in that space or not. Because sometimes doing is neurotic. It's about shutting down the being, shutting down the energy. But when we start to be familiar with the space, the energy, and then the action that arises from the energy, then there's much less confusion. So we'll probably touch on this a bit later on in the course, this, this enjoyment stage. I'm really getting ahead, it's only day one. <laughs> yeah. Usually all this stuff comes later in the retreat. It's great. Yeah. Um, anything else arising? I'm conscious that it's coming up to soup time. Okay, so I just want to um, emphasize that we can just relax. This process, the process that this somatic path um, points us to, it happens of its own accord. We can think, we can strategize, we can like, tie ourselves in knots, we can worry, we can stress, which are all the things that we normally do. But in some sense, it's completely irrelevant to the unfolding of the, of the somatic path. When we do the practice, when we come into the body, when we stay within the, the mandala of this group, then the practice will unfold in its own natural way in, in our own individual path. And we don't need to worry so much. We don't need to stress about it. We can just relax and let it unfold. So, just smile and feel the sunshine and enjoy the flowers and don't, um, don't overthink it. That's what we always do. And in a way, this is what this retreat is about, undoing that habit of overthinking. Keep breathing, relaxing, and just enjoy the ride, the free fall. Great, let's close with a bow.
Thank you for listening, and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.